nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 249, October 21st, 2019. 88 degrees on this day in 1947. Man, the late 40s and early 50s were warm. 16 degrees in 1913. And now. From the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. On the weekends, Kurt Brown of the uh, Minneapolis Star Tribune does a historic piece about Minnesota, mm-hmm. some event that would happen. I always read them. I find them interesting. I was particularly fascinated yesterday. Uh, I, I was completely unaware that in 1951, uh, a family named Klein, uh, four boys, I guess, uh, three of the boys went to the park in North Minneapolis, and they've never been heard from since. And a guy named Jack L. High has written a book called The Lost Brothers. Comes out this week, I believe. Uh, it's, uh, in fact, he's got a book. Oh, he's got a book launched this Thursday at uh, Twin Cities Public Television. And I called him or emailed him, and we've been uh, trading emails, and he'll be joining us tomorrow at noon. Oh, nice. Cool. I in love the, Kurt in the studio. Pardon? I love Kurt Brown. Oh, in studio. Jack L. High will be in studio, not Kurt Brown. I thought you meant Kurt Brown. No. Okay. No, no. You know, it's been a bad. We started talking about bad morning. You started talking about Kurt Brown. Kurt and you Brown read his, does a story. Matt, at, and, Matt, Matt, I understand Matt, that. Not, stop, shh, Matt. Shh. Not a word. Kurt Brown does a, a piece in the Weekend Star Tribune, uh, uh, citing some event in Minnesota history. And the one he cited yesterday was the disappearance of these Klein boys, which has now been written about by the author Jack L. High. And he, Jack, Jack will be here tomorrow. Jack. Jack L. High will be here tomorrow. He's written the book. Uh, I want to know how he came about this. Uh, I was talking to Johnny Hyde off the air. Uh, your wife is familiar with this. She was when I, I was reading the story and mentioned it, and she said her mother used to mention it uh, to them. And I said, as a scare tactic for you kids or what? And she said, no, it just came up in conversation. She didn't know all the details, but she knew many of them. Joe, you said you were unfamiliar. I, I remember this story, and I thought that, that we discussed it on GL. That's never. the only reason why I, I'm familiar with never, the story. Never, never oh. heard of this before. No, okay. I hadn't either. Happened in 1951. They went to a park in North Minneapolis and uh, vanished. The older re- older brother that was supposed to right. go with him has been consumed with guilt. Oh, his I whole can't life. even imagine. Well, yeah. anyway, that's tomorrow, right off the bat at noon. I've not met Jack before. I've been doing a little uh, reading on him. He's uh, he's written a lot about history and medicine, and uh, apparently he's a local guy, born in California, now lives here, I believe. In any event, uh, he'll be with us at the start of tomorrow's show, which will be podcast number. 
250. Woo! Matthew is right, though. It would, Kurt is a great, great source, and he's really good on the air. Yeah, it's fun. Well, it, I've not known it, Kurt all my life. Yeah. It, it'd be fun to have him. He was on the air at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, it, it'd be fun to have, have him as a reoccurring guest, actually. Well, uh, Kenny, uh, the best I could do is uh, say to myself, boy, I'd like to talk to that author, and uh, fortunately was able to reach him. It'll be an author's corner. Nice. Mm-hmm. I've been searching for Stephen Hunter. He evidently doesn't go out. Oh, I've, I look every week to see who's coming to town, and I've never seen him come through town. It'd be fun to grill him. Yeah. Because, as you know, I finished that book. and uh, The Snipers? Uh, I, I have game some, of Snipers. I have some concerns. I, I know, and I'm, I'm uninterested <laughs> in your concerns. Yeah, we were, Kenny was, starts breaking down, well, the guy couldn't have done it that way. I was, I was yelling at Joe, and he it turned on his heel and walked out. Yeah. <laughs> you mentioned it's been a bad morning. Uh, anything you want to get yeah, off your what's chest? What's going on? What's, what's, can we help the uh, mayor It's just been all? a little uh, hectic in the, in the building. Oh. Little in the studio, and, and you know, pe- pe- people. Let me in. <laughs> it's open, Pat. It started with him, but it, it kept going right up until we cracked open it's the open. mics. It's yeah. This is not how the it mayor likes be. his routine. He likes his routine. Jordy alerted me to a uh, a YouTube uh, video in which one of these fake reporters uh, are interviewing people on the street. Yeah. And this one was a guy interviewing a, a woman. It looked like uh, on the beach in L.A. And uh, he said, what do you think about Trump's sons killing a triceratops on a, <laughs> on a hunting safari? And the woman said, I think that's terrible. And they went on and on and on. And, and they're very upset that the Trump's sons, and they get away with it because they're the sons well, of sure, Trump. Sure. So they're very upset. The liberals are very upset that the Trump sons went abroad and killed the Triceratops. And as Jordy notes, that's ridiculous. We all know the dinosaurs died from smoking. See? <laughs> Boom, see? Boom. But it was so pat. It was so, it was so typically pat, I didn't bother to uh, decide that we should play it. It wasn't, uh, wasn't that interesting. Those are so over the top, you almost wonder if they're all actors. I know, I know. I've always wondered. But that. I do believe that there are people that are that stupid yes. that would believe it. And remember, we... Uh, we learned the other day that urban apparently is a triggering word oh. uh, from the left. Yeah. And uh, David Downing uh, writes, urban, urban is the Atlantic racist for using the U word. And he's referring me to a piece in the uh, Atlantic magazine, uh, say goodbye millennial urban lifestyle. And uh, apparently urban has uh, been frowned upon, but not here, not in GL. We use the word. Uh, now, uh, in the Department of Learning, uh, more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. I just caught up on last Wednesday's podcast where you exclaimed, exclaimed that Bluetooth is in everything. You are more right than you might have realized. File this under learning more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Bluetooth is named after the historical Harold Bluetooth. H-A-R-A-L-D. Harold Bluetooth. The king of Norway and Denmark in the late 10th century. Based on an analogy that Bluetooth technology would unite devices the way Harold Bluetooth united the tribes of Denmark into a single kingdom. Not only that, the little Bluetooth logo we see everywhere uh, is a bind rune merging the runic letters of Harold's initials. Hmm. I don't know why Daniel uh, wanted me to know that, but uh, 
Boy, that's I never knew that. Before. No, me neither. Uh, look up, John. See I, if I a guy am. named Harold Bluetooth existed. Uh, yeah, his name was Harold Bluetooth. Which, <laughs> and his last, his real last name was Gosmus Gormson. Or did he come up with Bluetooth? Uh, I think Bluetooth may have been a nickname. Uh, Maybe perhaps he had a Bluetooth. He had a Bluetooth. Yeah, I'll I'm, be I'm checking that out here. So Bluetooth is a laying on of hands all the way back to the 10th century. That would have been the year nine, the 900s. Right. The Bluetooth. And they didn't have no Bluetooth back then. (laughs) The traditional explanation is that Harold had a conspicuous bad tooth that appeared blue, i.e. black, as blar, blue meant blue-black in uh, that language. Well, I tell you, you can get an education in this show. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that. And yes, uh, I should have caught this. I apologize. Mm -hmm. I speculated that uh, the the women uh, supporting Bernie Sanders... Uh, that would be uh, AOC, Rashid Tlaib, and Ilhan Omar. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe fancied the prospect of being his running mate. Uh, that uh, Tlaib can and uh, Cortex can, but uh, Omar can't because she's not a native-born American citizen. Has anybody told her that yet? I don't know. We call him the squad. That's the yeah. squad. And uh, uh, other people have weighed in. With uh, their also their appreciation of Edward Hopper's paintings, particular particularly the one called Nighthawks, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I that's the one I struggle to remember the other day. But it's Edward Hopper, Nighthawks. It's people in a diner at night. Yeah, we did that. We settled we, that. that. That's right. We got it. That's right. We got it. You can get it. I like Francis Bacon better. Oh, okay. I thought he was an author. Huh? Was he a painter? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did he paint? He painted pictures, Joe. (laughs) (laughs) Or firing on all cylinders. (laughs) Well, as I told you, it was a little off-putting this morning. Uh, Just wait a couple minutes. Francis Bacon, uh, he was an English uh, philosopher and statesman who served as Attorney General and Lord Chancellor of England. wrong wrong Francis Bacon. okay. There was more than one? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm just kidding. Francis Bacon, the artist... As it comes up here. Uh, if you pull something like this. No, no, no. This what is legit. <laughs> Irish born. No, it's not what up Holmes. Uh, he was Irish born painter known for his emotionally charged raw imagery and fixation on personal motifs. I'm trying to turn my oh, computer wow. around. There's Francis. That's a Francis Bacon painting. Okay. okay. All right. Very interesting. I was at an event on Friday. And, <laughs> wait, uh, wait, wait, Chris. Oh, sorry. Do you, do you mean very interesting in the the Minnesota yes. definition? Yes. Yes. I'm dismissing you. It's, just, yeah. it's awful is what you're saying. It's totally adorable. <laughs> it's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, which means it's awful. It's horrible. <laughs> I was just going to say, I was at an event Friday night, and I had a gentleman come up to me that was a longtime listener of Garage Logic and said, I think when Rook pulled the What Up Holmes that was the first time I actually thought Joel might strangle him on the show. That There's been me, so much more. That made me so happy I almost wet myself. Oh my god, that was funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not. It was. It was just. It, it was, was the timing. Was rookie was, being it's nine. It's the timing. Was long lost brother. brother. What, what up? up? What up? <laughs> Raymond and, see, and what up? I could see the pro- the gerbil was on the wheel in there processing. What up, Holmes? Sherlock's brother. Right. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm tearing up again. And no. so Funny. <laughs> I'm well behaved today. Say the RF Molar's 10th annual watch event is coming up this week, October 24th through November 2nd. It's going to travel between the three Molar stores starting in Highland Park in St. Paul, October 24th through the 26th. That's what? This Thursday. This is the 21st. Uh, then downtown Minneapolis in Gavaday, October 29th 
and 30, and it ends in the Edina store at 50th in France, Halloween through November 2nd. This is a remarkable selection of watches. The event features the widest in-store selection of the year of the most prestigious brands. And remember, in this day and age, you're really not buying a watch to tell time. You're buying a watch because it's going to become meaningful to your family. During the event, they'll be paying uh, sales tax on almost every watch brand they carry. Plus, you'll get a free watch winder with the purchase of any new automatic watch. That's $175 value. It's also a great opportunity to trade in your watch toward a new watch. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoller.com. Nice. Did anyone uh, watch the uh, Loons play the uh, Los Angeles <laughs> soccer team? Hell no. no. I watched a lot of the second half. I only turned it on because I was impressed that it, it was nationally televised, you know, right? It's selling in university. And right. I, I didn't last long with it. I. I, I Soccer's think it, not my thing. It's become a cliche to to disparage soccer, and many people love it, and I don't know what they see in it, but it's not my cup of tea. Uh, but in any event, uh, what we should discuss is what took place outside. Is it Allianz? Allianz. Allianz yeah. let's, when we come back, let's, let's uh, talk about what took place outside the field. Truth, Justice, and the Souchere. All right, here's the truth. It's the rookie here for Jack's Cafe. Uh, Northeast Minneapolis, right on University Avenue and 19th Avenue Northeast. Uh, they are a third-generation uh, restaurant. Billy does a great job of uh, bringing people in and keeping them in because the ambiance and the food are fantastic. I also want you to sample the Rookie Date Night VIP menu, which is not on their regular menu. As Joe says, they have to bring it to you. You have to ask for it. And it's a four-course meal. Includes a bottle of wine for under $100. And if you go and tell them the Rookie sent you and have the Rookie Date Night menu, I would like to hear about it. Many have already uh, contacted me saying it was fabulous. But regardless, whether it's date night or just maybe it's a special event, 25 people to 300 people, they can accommodate your work party, uh, your family event reunion, whatever the case may be. Also, I want to remind you that your numbers, your your days for the patio are numbered. You can still sit outside and look outside at the beautiful patio. It will have the fall motif. Uh, but listen, stop by Jack's Cafe for any special occasion you have. Go online to make a reservation or call them jackscafe.com, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com, or call 612-789-7297. Let Billy and the staff know that you heard it on the Garage Logic podcast. Speaking of that, Monday, next Monday, the 28th, doors will open at 2.30 to the public, and the show Sports Talk podcast will start recording at 3 o'clock. Now, you need to register. It is open to the public, but you need to register, and you register by emailing Chris at crevers, R-E-U-V-E-R-S, at garagelogic.com. We'd love to see you out there. It's filling up fast, but you need to be registered. Jaxcafe.com, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. A shootout left two males wounded Sunday night about a block from Allianz Field in St. Paul, just as the uh, game was getting underway, apparently, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the shooting occurred at 7.35 p.m. in a parking lot behind a laundromat at Pasco in University, according to Steve Linders, a St. Paul police 
spokesman. Linder said his heart sank when he heard about the shooting. Anytime you hear someone's been shot, it's a sad situation, he said. When you have 20,000 people enjoying a soccer game, it just elevates it and makes it much, that much more acute. Uh, at the time of the shooting, the, those 20,000 people were getting ready to watch the game. Uh, many police officers were working in the area and responded to the shooting in a minute or two. Witnesses reported there were a group of people behind the laundry place and another, that's the name of it apparently, it's capitalized, mm. and another group passed by. At some point, shots were fired, so we know that at least two people were exchanging gunfire, and unfortunately, two people were struck, Linder said. Police say it does not appear random. One male sustained a, a grazing gunshot wound to the head and also was shot in the arm, and the other was shot multiple times in the torso. Uh, paramedics transported the males to Regions Hospital. They're treated for non-life-threatening Injuries and a suspected shooter has been taken into custody and recovered a handgun. Officers were still looking for the other shooter Sunday night. Uh, Sunday night shooting comes on the heels of an especially violent September in St. Paul. The mayor was there, right? Well, he was he was at home while it happened. Well, but he right. doesn't live far, he so he showed up and he, he showed was up making a speech as the game got out. And uh, I got a note from uh, Steve, who lives in. Uh, the belly of the beast in Liberal Lakes area of Minneapolis. Joe, you have no doubt heard and read about the shootings outside Allianz Field where an MLS playoff game was taking place. At the, as the game was finishing, Mayor Melvin Carter answered questions from reporters where the shooting took place. The mayor had, has no immediate answers, which is not surprising, but you may find one passage in the Star Tribune's report telling. Every single one of us has a role in ensuring our city is safe, uh, Mayor Carter said, solving this is going to take more than police resources, he added, calling on nonprofits, pastors, community leaders, mothers, and families to get involved. What, what, what was missing in that quote? Him. Him. Men. Him. No Men. fathers. Men. Yes. Well, it's not a direct quote. I find it interesting that the mayor called on mothers and families to get involved, which begs the question, where are the fathers in all this, and why did the mayor not call upon them to help curb the violence? Right. He has essentially given up on the idea that fathers are needed to be role models and raise their children. That might be a bit unfair to the mayor. It might be that in the heat of the moment, he just uh, just that that's what tumbled out of his mouth, and he did he wasn't meaning to exclude. But the emailer is one hundred percent correct. Well, the, the the lack of fathered children in this country is is going to be. I the believe that mayor is pro father. Right, but I don't believe. Uh, I I think Steve's being a little harsh on the mayor to say that the mayor has given up on the idea right. that fathers are needed. I don't know that about Carter. Uh, I I I don't think any reasonable person would give up on the idea that fathers are needed. Uh, to be role models. But how about his quote at the end of this particular story when he said he will gather his cabinet to get to the bottom? Oh, okay, right. that's that's going to get her done. No, and start examining the issue of violence, which you should have been doing from day one. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you let it get this far. And I just thought the, the fact that he didn't bring up him in his office was telling. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, he should be leading the fray yep. here. This should be an everyday mission for this mayor. But Kenny, because congratulations are in order for St. Paul, Joe. Why? You guys have already hit your uh, homicide total from all of last year. Really? And it's, it's not even November 1st. Here, here's, where, here's where the mayor uh, lets me down. And, and unfortunately, I, it probably applies to all black mayors of major cities in the country. No one could have more impact than a black mayor on quelling the poor behavior in certain elements of the community. And, and we're where I was really struck by this is you'll recall the arrest of the girl at the UPS store on yes. University Avenue. Mm -hmm. her, her behavior was appalling. Mm -hmm. Her behavior was appalling. 
And that was an opportunity where he could have said, her behavior is appalling. Right. And go to her house and stand on the front porch and have a press conference that says, uh, this cannot pass. You, you children cannot behave this way. Right. You're 13. You should be in school. He instantly called for a review of the police activity. You know, he fell to the cliché. Uh, the cliche template of this has to be obviously a problem with the police, and that one was not a problem with the police. You'll note that there's been no protests about that. That quieted down. The right. cops aren't guilty right. of anything. You'll note that the uh, the usual suspects have not come back to protest about the shooting of the fellow uh, who uh, crashed into the squad car. Right. That just disappeared. So people know instinctively in those two cases the police had nothing to do with it. There's nothing there. There's nothing holding it together. But the mayor has a chance here to do so much. Mm-hmm. But he's he's bound by the template of his party and his progressivism and his his uh, his uh, thinking and what's anticipated of him. And he's just not going to be that guy. He's not going to be the guy to call out poor behavior. I don't care if it's a white kid or a black kid or a Hispanic kid or a monk kid. Call out the poor behavior. Don't. Your knee-jerk reaction can't be to blame police. Right. And I can't remember if it was a, a part of this story, but there was a quote from a St. Paul City resident that said that that you know, eight-block radius that's basically right outside of where Allianz Field is, yeah. where the BP gas station is, because you know, that's been the subject mm-hmm. of... That's that, Hamlin University. But, but basically how that area of St. Paul is 90% of their problems. Do you know that... This is how long ago this was. We were still in Maplewood. And uh, I remember we did a story about a guy who, who had his, uh, I think it was a 1936 Ford. And it was around the time of back to the 50s. And he called us to say he, he was, oh, I know what it was. There was a shootout there. Yes. Uh, this had to be late 90s. There was a shootout at the BP station on Hamlin I University. Remember. And people were hiding. And I can't remember. I think a girl might have died. I, I don't recall. But the guy drove his car out to the studio to show us the bullet holes. Remember mm-hmm. that? I do remember yeah. that. Cool. <laughs> it was like Bonnie and Clyde. But that's uh, that it's not gas, funny if somebody died. That gas station has always been yeah. a just horrible eye Well, didn't sore. the city try to why. shut it down? Yeah, they are. Yeah. I wonder that's, why. That's, it's, it's urban uh, youth central. That's, that's where everybody hangs out. Yeah. Everybody in that area, that's what, the, what is the, the center the, What point. is the appeal of hanging out at a gas station? It's just the neighborhood where everybody hangs out. So uh, Lexington and University with a bunch of restaurants is close by. Uh, Target's right there. I mean, every Midway Shopping Center is right there. Everything's within walking distance, so they don't they don't need transportation, and that's where everybody gathers. And all the the bad neighborhood is the residential neighborhood is north of there, correct? Correct. Yeah. And isn't that essentially why, and Johnny had this in his news a couple of weeks ago, that that's why that Walmart is closing because of how many issues they're having? Yeah. Well, it has closed. We have a girl working at 107. She moved up here from Missouri. She moved, she mistakenly moved into that neighborhood. Oh. And there was violence and police on her street every single night. Well, then she finally moved out of there. She's up in Roseville now. The kid I used to have in her family had this really neat old craftsman house. Uh, on Edmond, just uh, west of university, and they moved because uh, there was, uh, it got to be where there were a couple of shootouts in her yard, oh, wow. in her front yard. Wow. She would be talking on the phone to her mother and say, just a minute, I got a duck here. <laughs> we got to get down. Right. And oh, there'd be, there'd be that's the, the Melly story. Yeah. Remember our buddy Melly and her mm-hmm. mom ran a daycare, and Melly jokingly taught the kids 
how to hit the how to, how hit, to the, hit the ground. What, she Jeez. would she would yell drive by, right. and all the kids would drop deck, to the, hit yeah. the deck. Yes. Well, getting back to the mayor, uh, you Melvin, more than anyone could really, really take a swing at this, uh, using your race to take a swing at it. You you are the voice of authority. You can you can be. You can be the credible voice talking to the young, misbehaving people. You got the street creds. You got the creds. I don't. Who's going to believe me? Get off my lawn. <laughs> Let no. me ask you something, and it came up in a story in Minneapolis in one of the papers here in the last five days. It says, are more Minneapolis cops the answer? And the story's about the Hawthorne neighborhood in Minneapolis, and you know, which is crime riddled. It's I don't gr- know the Hawthorne It's ground zero for the cr- north, north crime side? over on the north side. And the residents want more cops. They're wary of the cops. What they really would like is more African-American cops. Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering, that's got to be the answer, doesn't it? It could be be certainly helpful. We need to convince African-Americans to become police officers. Mm -hmm. But what incentive is there to become a police officer? I'm buddies with some uh, Douglas County cops, uh, sheriff's deputies up there, and a lot of them question why they're doing this you know it's a tough gig even and, they're, for, and they're doing it in an area where i was going to say white guys you know yeah. with all white you know crime is crime yeah i don't know i think police departments are going to have trouble recruiting really great people because why in the hell should you go get your head beat in every day by the likes of political activists not going to they already are oh but the mayor, oh man, you, you you have it you have it within your power and your reason to to address these uh, outbreaks and and stop stop with your boilerplate babble. Do you think that on in both cities, Fry and Carter, because it obviously all all we hear from Fry is we got a climate change and Trump and blah blah. Do they even realize that their number one prerogative right now should be crime? No. Because I don't think that they do. No, no, Meg, Chris, in, no, no. in downtown Minneapolis, it's public bathrooms. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> Open up your bathroom. Did I read me. that, that yeah. they're asking yeah. the private companies yes. to make their bathrooms available e- to people? Yes, they B yeah. as in B, S as in S. Come on in, Jimmy. Hey. Why don't you throw some porta-potties on every corner Which there, line? Jake? Number one or two, where are you going? <laughs> Minneapolis math, 250,000 people, 29 restrooms. Well, that's, what the hell? <laughs> So what are they asking? And they spent a ton of money on the study. And who's they? Who did the study? This is the city. And because they've done this in other cities around the country where they've provided either portable bathrooms or porta-potties. Rook, our next gig. We need to uh, check out the bathrooms, Minneapolis. Uh, Rook and I need a check for about 200 grand. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to do a study. (laughs) Sir, come on in here. Number two, yeah, you can use that that middle stall. You know what? I I got Mr. Chair in my pickup truck right now. Half a roll of TP. Rent it out right on. Uh, <laughs> hey, you just see Mean Girls? Come on over here. Fifth and Hennepin. Here's they, Kenny. They make them that mount into your receiver hitch. I could just oh, drive her. Oh, I could just drive her around with that. Unit. <laughs> you need me to pull over? <laughs> make it quick. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, wow. okay. Let's come back with Johnny. <laughs> You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. We, us, Joe, Matthew, Chris, John, and I have our own blends of coffee at thecoffeegrounds.com over in Eau Claire. The Krabby Coffee Shop blend. 
that's going to make your skull tingle, and uh, it'll make your ability to put up with certain members of your work staff uh, <laughs> a little challenging. But yeah, your skull will tingle. We also have the GL blend. I'd call that light and gentle. Spoon Lake blend, probably the uh, and probably the best blend of decaf that I've ever had. I've tried a lot of them. It's the dark roasted Johnny Hyde guitar blend. Those blends are going to arrive at your front door if you so choose to order from thecoffeegrounds.com. As will uh, as will the very very addicting Woody's caramel oh, corn. It didn't so last good. but two days here. Yeah. Order a couple of bags of that. You can hide one from your family because it's crazy addicting. The one thing you can't order for delivery, and it's too bad you can't. And they've got to figure this out. Get to the bottom of, it, of this if you if you don't mind uh, the coffee grounds biscuits and gravy. I want that to arrive at my front porch. It might be a little soggy. <laughs> it doesn't Thank travel. Thank God he can't have it in his car. <laughs> it doesn't travel very well, but it's it's well worth the drive, as is everything else uh, from their homespun res- uh, menu there at the restaurant. Uh, and I don't think it's hyperbole to openly announce that Everything a person could ever need to increase the joy of day-to-day living can be found right at thecoffeegrounds.com. Coffee, beer, cigars, a full-service restaurant, Friday fish fry. Uh, did I mention the brewery? Yeah. K-Point, really good. And it's uh, we're in the middle of Oktoberfest right now, so get over there. They're uh, 94, just north of 94, in Eau Claire, half mile north on Southtown Drive. Stop in, say hi to Eric and Julie, and thank them for being part of the GL family. Here's Johnny Height. Thanks, Joe. Uh, a couple sports note. Uh, Feel good story in the Gopher game Saturday. You probably saw this, Casey O'Brien. Yeah. Well, today uh, he was named Big Ten Special Teams Player of the Week. That's cool. After right. Minnesota's forty-two seven. I didn't do seven. that much. He held a football. <laughs> Come on, O'Brien. Now, what was your connection, Rook? I saw your tweet. You know the family. I uh, I grew up. He he is uh, related to the Scanlon family. Okay. Um, uh, O'Brien married. Chris Scanlon, who was Mal Scanlon's daughter. Got it. So I've known the family forever. According to a news Cretan, re- big Cretan family. According to a news release, O'Brien, who is a four-time cancer survivor, saw the first game action of his career in the game against Rutgers, where he held on Minnesota's final three-point after attempts. O'Brien addressed the team on behalf of Big Ten football student-athletes at the Big Ten football kickoff luncheon back in July. At that event, he spoke about being thankful and about how football has helped him through his battles with cancer. O'Brien, who's a Big Ten Distinguished Scholar, was featured on ESPN College Game Day earlier this year. His story has inspired fans around the nation. O'Brien is sixth gopher to be recognized by the conference this year. Minnesota set a school record when it had eight players honored this past season and leads the conference with six honorees so far this year. What are they now, 6-0 and or 7-0? Seven seven, seven 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 they could go to 8-0 easily over They're going to crush Maryland on Wisconsin, Saturday. number 6, is 6-1 and one in mm-hmm. the Big Ten. That was a bad loss for them yeah, on Saturday. It was. The uh, World Series is now set. It's Houston and Washington. They'll open that tomorrow in Houston. Uh, the uh, I, do, I do have to, you know, the Yankee fans. I'm a Yankee fan, but Yankee fans are idiots at Yankee Stadium. The guy that got pelted with the beer at the urinal. You see that video I on didn't, Twitter? I didn't yeah. see that. I just nice heard him fan chanting Yankee. at Altuve and stuff with obscenities yeah. and uh, before you know, Your you fan base run. is the worst in sports, John. They really are. So that's why I'm going to read this story to tell you how cool the ballplayers are on the Yankees, okay? The home run ball that Altuve hit to win the uh, series, it bounced off the wall in Houston and back onto the field. Brett Gardner, Yankees left fielder, picked it up. He saw Houston bullpen catcher Javier Bracamonte walking past him toward the pile of Astros gathering at home plate. He handed him the ball and said, here, take this. You guys are a great team. Now go in the World Series. Represent the American League well. Bracamonte said it was so classy. Not only that, five minutes later, Aaron Judge walked up to me, gave me a big hug, and told me the same exact thing. I have lots of respect for those guys on the Yankees. So there, I just wanted to, you know, 
I don't know if I believe that. Uh, we don't know. Character-generated Yankee. Yeah, that sounds like a load of BS. <laughs> sounds like something you made up. <laughs> I, I, did, I don't make up news stories. It's a fake news. Yeah. Fake news. Fake news. The uh, National Weather Service being very funny this morning on Twitter. They tweeted, don't worry, everyone. It'll stop raining when it starts snowing. That's not funny. Complete with a laughing face emoji. Uh, in fact, uh, it does look chilly and breezy all week. I uh, I wrote a song about the weather because the weather this weekend was so nice. Oh, it was lovely. It was, it was perfect. So I haven't rehearsed this, so just wish me good luck, and here we go. Here right? we go. All right. Weekend weather was nice. Hope you enjoyed it because this week it all turns to a word that rhymes with it. Thank you. Get it? Just want to make sure you guys got it. Now. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I had to pause. Right. Just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Rain and windy. Maybe even snow, it gets risky. Oh, what the hell? Just pass me the whiskey. Tell me why we live here once again. At least we don't have no hurricane. That's it. That's, That's fantastic. Yeah. You guys are a bunch of wussies. Yeah. I swore at you as I got out of my car this morning. Olson loves this. I need to ask a very controversial question. Uh-oh. Because I don't know the answer to it. Where does Garage Logic stand on the use of umbrellas? Uh, we're again. That, that's oh, what I thought. Okay, I love them. I'm, I'm not necessarily opposed to <laughs> yeah, it. I'm not, not going to go either. for a mile long well, walk holding reason, a bumper shoe. The reason I ask is because I pulled in and there were a couple of members of maybe a crew that works downstairs. Yeah. Four of them, all yeah, all guys, of course. and they had the umbrellas. Like, no, they're it's sissies. Not raining that hard? No, out. they're a bunch of sissies. It was, it was you know what? When I came buy in. a rain jacket with a hood, you wuss. Full disclosure. Yeah. I have an umbrella in my car, uh-huh. and it was raining when I got here, and I almost grabbed for it and went, are you willing to sacrifice your masculinity <laughs> by walking in that office with an umbrella? I left it in the car. Good and move. you only did that because you knew Kenny was here I today. Knew, that's exactly. That's, I'm not joking. That's I why have I no it. trouble using an umbrella. No, I don't either. Says so he who sissy. travels from garage to garage yeah. to garage. Yeah. I don't either. You know what else? Yeah. That scene with Gene Kelly and singing in the rain with the umbrella. Yeah. <sighs> Pretty good scene. Dancing's incredible. Okay, you dandy. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of fatal car accidents lately in or around the Twin Cities area. A weekend crash in Stearns County, though, didn't hurt any humans, but we lost a cow. According to the police report, the driver identified as 31-year-old Christopher Madigan of Eden Valley was driving his 2003 Cadillac Escalade southbound on County Road 9 near County Road 21 when another vehicle pulled out in front of him. Madigan had tried to avoid colliding with the other vehicle and went into the east side ditch. That's when he went into a small pasture and hit the cow. The cow owner was notified of the situation, arrived on scene to tend to the animal. The cow died from its injuries, though. According to a news release, Madigan did not require any medical attention. Alcohol not believed to be a factor in the crash. Uh, I did see a picture of the Escalade. It's pretty much total. It must have been a fairly good-sized cow. Well, anything less than an Escalade... The guy would have died yeah. hitting a cow. Yeah, yeah. A tornado and several violent thunderstorms tore through the Dallas, Texas area Sunday night, destroying homes and businesses, lifting debris at least three miles in the air, and leveling tens of thousands, uh, leaving excuse me, tens of thousands of people without power. The football game last night was showing aerial shots because Dallas was playing the Sunday night game at home, and, and yeah, and you couldn't tell that there was a storm brewing. Because they would do the you know the big overhead shots. You know downtown. the cliche on these storms is that they rip apart poor neighborhoods and trailer parks and what have you. 
this wiped out uh, much of the uh, high-end residential areas in North Dallas, including the home of Tyler Seguin, who plays for the mm-hmm. Dallas Stars. And there were before and after pictures of his house. It wasn't, it, it wasn't no trailer park. No. House. City of Dallas said there were no reports of fatalities, but first responders were working overnight to check on residents in a door-to-door search. Rocky Vaz, the director of the Dallas Office of Emergency Management, told the Washington Post three people had been hospitalized for non-life-threatening injuries. Six people also suffered uh, suffered non-critical injuries after an 18-wheeler overturned. And, of course, the old cliche that you see in every news story is none of those people have basements. Because mm-hmm. of the limestone there. They, they don't build them. They're too expensive. Yep. So unless you have a very expensive house, you probably don't have a basement. President Trump forced to abandon his decision to host next year's Group of Seven Summit at his private golf club after it became clear the, <laughs> the move had alienated Republicans and swiftly become part of the impeachment inquiry that threatens his presidency. In a round of phone calls with conservative allies this weekend, the president was told Republicans are struggling to defend him on so many fronts, according to an administration official who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Democrats, meanwhile, continued to blast Trump for awarding the massive government contract to his own company. The White House has been struggling to explain Trump's G7 decision since it was announced last Thursday. The president's opponents quickly seizing on it as an example of Trump abusing his office for personal gain. I don't know how you can defend that. Fast forward to 18 months or five years from now when he's no longer in office. Might he be the first president to never uh, make any money off his presidency? Nobody's going to read his book. Nobody's going to hire him to do a speech because he was the president. Why not? Sure they will. Really? Sure. Okay. Sure they will. Angry over the U.S. withdrawal from Syria, residents of a Kurdish-dominated city pelted departing American military vehicles with potatoes and rocks as they drove through Monday morning. Defense Secretary Mark Esper said the U.S. troops will stay in eastern Turkey to protect Kurdish-held oil fields for at least the coming weeks. A potato. What makes you ever think he'd be a former president? It would not surprise me if he locks the door of the Oval Office and says, I'm president for life. Right. I'm not moving. I'm not leaving. That's even bolder than Clinton saying, I'm king of America. <laughs> right. A video by the Kurdish news agency showed a convoy of armored vehicles driving through the northeastern city of Kamishli. People in the street hurled potatoes at the vehicle, shouting, No America and American liar. They also uh, were shouting in Arabic, Like rats, America's running away. The Kurds stunned when President Trump two weeks ago abruptly decided to pull U.S. troops out of border areas. After the assault began October 9th, uh, Trump ordered a general withdrawal from Syria at another location near the town of Tal Tamir, group of protesters raised banners to departing U.S. troops late Sunday. One man blocked the way of a U.S. van with a poster that read, Thanks for U.S. people, but Trump betrayed us. Chicago mobster Joseph Lombardo, better known as Joey the Clown, <laughs> has died in prison at the age of 90 while serving a life sentence for murder, multiple media outlets reporting. The cause unclear. He had suffered earlier from throat cancer. Lombardo sentenced in 2009 for the murder of his friend Daniel Seifert, a federal witness in 1974, while his wife and four-year-old son were present. It's not really an intimidating name, isn't it, for a gangster? Did Joey, he have a, Joey the Clown? Yeah. Did he have a bad red nose? Beep, 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 beep. Investigators said Lombardo was responsible for the slaying by a group of masked men. I'll tell you in a minute why he got the nickname. Got uh, in the end, Judge uh, James Zagel, when he sentenced Lombardo, said, We are judged by our actions, not by our wit or our smiles. Lombardo supposedly earned his clown nickname because of his jokey demeanor, despite his cold-blooded nature. 
When he finally made it to court after his 2007 arrest, he reportedly told police he'd been unavailable prior to that. Separately, he was sentenced to prison in the 1980s for conspiring to bribe a U.S. senator and his role in a scheme to skim two million bucks from a casino in Las Vegas. Sales of vinyl records have enjoyed constant growth in recent years, and of course CDs are taking a nosedive. Last year, the Recording Industry Association of America's mid-year report suggested CD sales were declining three times as fast as vinyl sales were growing. What all this means is, uh, in the last quarter, vinyl records earned $224.1 million, CDs $247.9 million. Vinyl grew by 12.8% in the second half. And CDs went down 12.9. Well, wait a minute. So if I go into Best Buy right now, I can buy a turntable? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know online, about. Yeah, I don't know about Best Buy. But well, I, just, I said that out of the blue. Where, the, where do the, I go buy a turntable? They're readily available. Yeah, I suppose Amazon. Yeah, yeah. There's also a Needle Doctor, uh, Jerry Raskin's Needle Doctor, which I think is in St. Louis Park now. It's a mm-hmm. great store. I haven't been there in a couple of years, but uh, yeah. they have they have everything. You got a lot of albums, uh, Merle Haggard. I got some... rid of all my albums. I had them. Really? I sold them to Cheapo years and years ago. Oh, remember that? Flip, 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 mm-hmm. flip. Despite vinyl's growth, streaming still dominates the music industry. Uh, records accounted for just 4% of total revenues in the first half of 2019. In contrast, paid subscriptions to streaming services generated 62% wow. of the industry's revenues. The vinyl resurgence has been a boon for uh, classic rock artists. The Beatles sold over 300,000 records last year. Well, thank God they need the money. Well, Pink Floyd, David Bowie, Fleetwood Mac, Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, and Queen all sold over 100,000. Those numbers expected to be much bigger. For 2019. I wonder why Hendrix, John. He was pretty good. Well, no, I, thank you. I'm yeah. aware of that. But, you know, <laughs> is there a, a particular reason why? Well, I think Joe hit it on the nose. I don't, I don't, I'm not understanding the question. Well, because don't you think that anybody that was a fan of Hendrix already owned vinyl of his at some point? I, like Joe, I get rid of all my vinyl. Oh. I have bought a Hendrix vinyl since then. Oh, really? Okay. In the, in the last year, actually, I bought a Hendrix Then that answers vinyl. my question. So, yeah. Why wouldn't you ask it about... Pink Floyd or David Bowie. Well, I suppose that could have Fleetwood Mac or Led Zeppelin or Queen. Okay, sorry, nerds. <laughs> I apologize for the question. The world's fastest straight-line car being unveiled in South Africa's Hoskinpan Desert. Have you seen this? No. It looks like it does look like a car. It looks like a rocket. Oh, then it's not a car. It, yeah. yeah. Well, how is it powered? That's the question. <laughs> The car, which has been developed by the Bloodhound Land Speed Record team, can travel at speeds over 500 miles an hour, could break the world land speed record in 2020. It's powered, Kenny, by an EJ200 Eurofighter Typhoon jet engine. That's not a car. It's not a car. It's a plane. Features precision, machined, Uh, John, stop the story. Next story. Hey, you get out to EcoFund. You're never going to get anything that fast. (laughs) But get this. For their last... uh, Nifty event of the year. It's a Yamaha Let's Ride Barbecue and Demo event this Saturday, October 26th, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. They're going to be showcasing, Kenny, the new 2020 Yamaha snowmobiles, demo rides on the new 2020 Yamaha ATVs and side-by-sides, as well as full demo on all electric bikes and scooters in stock. And guess what's catered? Grunhofer's Best Philly Cheesesteak Brats and Hot Dogs, so come hungry. This will be the lowest prices of the year on all products. New electric, oh man, 
I didn't want to read this because now I got to get one. <laughs> New electric bikes for grandkids as young as three years old <laughs> now in go. stock. That was the hottest motorsport product of last Christmas. He'll take seven. I got to get about five of those things. <laughs> There'll be demo during the event too. This is all at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61, and it's going to be a great Saturday event. The Yamaha Let's Ride Barbecue and Demo Yamaha, uh, full line of Yamaha products at uh, EcoFun right there on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. Uh, this morning, uh, Kenny alerted me to this. Bob Dylan was trending on Twitter. Uh-oh. Well, yeah. that's what I thought right away, too, when Kenny said uh, it's always something bad with the trend on Twitter. But he was trending because somebody had pulled out an old Rolling Stone story from 2010 that listed what they called the top 100 singers of all time. Was it from 2010? 2010, yeah. But somebody had trotted it out. So. Okay. Uh, Dylan on this list. I hate these lists anyway. There's yeah, no way to. Well, Rolling Stone top, has zero credibility top, anymore. Top any things. Uh, Dylan was listed as number seven. Uh, a lot of people took offense to this because thinking he should be number five hundred. Yeah, because he, he can't uh, he, sing. He can't sing. Yeah. Right. Uh, he he was ahead of some brilliant singers, Stevie Wonder, Otis Redding, uh, Paul McCartney. He's ahead of Otis Redding. Yeah. Do you think Do you think Rolling Stone was doing much like Patrick would do? They're just he's trolling. just trolling. Yeah. yeah. Just casting lines. Who out. was one out of curiosity? Number John? one was Aretha Franklin. Oh, okay. I got no problem with Hard that. Hard to argue that. Got no problem with that. Uh, it was uh, if you want the top, I'll give you here: Aretha, two Ray Charles, three Elvis, four Sam Cooke, five John Lennon, six Marvin Gaye, seven Bob Dylan, eight Otis Redding, nine Stevie Wonder, ten James Brown, then McCartney, Little Richard, Roy Orbison, Al Green, Robert Plant, Mick Jagger, Tina Turner, Freddie Mercury. Are you not going to do all five hundred? I'm not. <laughs> right. It was it was only a hundred. We'll take a break at fifty. Yeah. Bob Marley and Smokey Robinson. Now I had some other problems with the list. I didn't care about Dylan. That's fine. You put him wherever you want. He's very influential <laughs> here in every way. Here we go. Uh, Tom. York was rated 66. Who the hell is that? That's the guy Radiohead. from Radiohead. He was ahead of a guy who would be in my top 10, Greg Allman, who's number 70. What? 70? Yeah, oh, that's a trap. Greg Allman? He was a, ridiculous. Oh, come on, he was a croaker, John. Oh, God, he was brilliant. How about Adele? I didn't see Adele. Well, 2010, she probably wasn't famous. Oh, that's yet, true. That's she? a good point. Yeah. Uh, Frankie Valley was 80. Greg Allman really? sounded like somebody just throat punched him. You know, <laughs> I know you're just trying to trying to reel me in here, and I'm not going to take it. Who was 100? You know, I didn't list. I don't know, Joe. I, <laughs> I, I can't. Didn't grab Hasn't Radiohead always been a darling though for Rolling Stone? I can't name you one Radiohead song. Sure, you can. Nope, uh, not creep. One. creep, creep. Yeah. I'm, I'm a loser. Oh, no, that's back. That's back. No, no, no. That's no. loser. Yeah. Back. What am I doing here? I don't belong here. Who did the great uh, country cover of that song that we played on when we were still on the radio? Chris Stapleton? No, that's the other one. Oh, I don't know. Johnny, what's the official title of that list? 2010. Uh, top, top 100 singers of all time, Rolling Stone. Okay. What's neat about this, when I was following this trend this morning, I, somebody posted a, a video or a song of Dylan and Johnny Cash doing... Wanted man, yeah. and it sounds like it was a studio outtake. It sounds like one of those conversations they have in the studio, like you know, Wanted man. Yeah, I kind of know Wanted man. And they played it together, and they screwed it up, and it was so cool. What? So uh, it should have been the version that they released to radio, if in fact it was ever. It released. was never released, and here was my theory to Kenny. Uh, the next, there's a series of Dylan things called the Bootleg series. They're on an, I don't know, number twelve maybe by now. They've been coming out for fifteen years or so. That's the next bootleg series, the Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan stuff. So I'm wondering if somebody planted this and said, hey. Oh, well, it worked on me because I, that, it was so fun hearing them yeah. mess the lyrics up. It was awesome. I don't really have a problem with Dylan at seven. Now, I, I mean, you can't sing now, but 
you know. He was... Mary J. Blige was 100. Oh, there Boy. you go. You're oh. kidding. But no Frank Sinatra on there. Uh, you know, I didn't see Sinatra yeah. on there. I think, I wonder if they left Maybe it Maybe it's just rock singers. Rock and roll soul yeah. country. Do you agree with Steven blah, blah, Tyler blah, blah. at 99? No. No. Well, at least he's 99. Sweet yeah. <laughs> You didn't make the top one million. <laughs> no. We'll be back shortly. <laughs> Hi there, it's John again, just for a minute back with you. Uh, I want you to head to Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta up in, uh, well, let's call it Anoka, but it's right on the border of Anoka and Andover, about a mile north of Highway 10 at Round Lake and Bunker. Mancetti's been in business 34 years, operated by some folks who've been jealous for a long time, Greg and Rochelle Teigen. Uh, go up and visit them because uh, they have any kind of Italian food you want and some other stuff, too. But the Italian stuff is my favorite. The spaghetti, rigatoni, fettuccine, lasagna. They have great calzones. They also have some gluten-free options for you. All the sauces you get with all those, uh, all those Italian uh, things I named, uh, the sauce is made in-house. They have their own recipes, and the sauces are wonderful. They use are they the, secret recipes? Uh, they must be I because they are. I asked Greg once They're about secret. it. Not he he wouldn't it tell me yeah. anything about it. So They use the same sauce on their pizzas. They have uh, brilliant pizzas. They make up some of their own, like the Papa Mancetti's, my favorite, Canadian bacon, American bacon, uh, yellow banana peppers, olives, and onions. And it is a... Treat, if ever there was a treat. Makes me hungry. Yeah, all kinds of specialty pizzas. You can, of course, get your own regular pizza like you'd get anywhere, and they have uh, every kind of crust, deep dish, uh, thin crust, and uh, medium that you could ever want to get. Monday through Friday, lunch buffet, and, of course, you can dine in at Mancetti's. Uh, plenty of room there. You can take home from Mancetti's, and uh, my favorite uh, lazy way to do it, of course, I just call for delivery, and they bring it to my house. Nice. So. Uh, uh, it's a great stop. Mancetti's up in uh, on Round Lake Boulevard, 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, one mile north of Highway 10 at Round Lake and Bunker. Check them out, Mancetti's. I think I've discovered a correlation between the absence of moral and ethical integrity and the disappearance of common sense. Mm. I think I can make them proportionate to Let's each hear other. It. The Madison Metropolitan School District in Wisconsin has terminated an African-American security guard for using a racial slur because the 11-year employee ordered a black student to stop calling him the N-word. Mm-hmm. According to WISC-TV, Marlon Anderson, 48, who served as a security assistant at Madison West High School, says he stepped in to help when a black student, who was refusing to leave school grounds, pushed the assistant principal. Anderson told the outlet that the student called Anderson the N-word at least 15 times in a profanity-laced tirade. Anderson then used the slur himself when he told the student to stop calling him the N-word. Anderson wrote his account of the language used during the incident in a Facebook post Wednesday saying, I get called, uh, and I can't say what he got called, by a student. I responded to that, don't call me blank, and I got fired. In an email to parents the same day, the school's principal, Karen Boren, wrote, I'm writing to inform you of a serious incident that occurred at West High School last week. The incident involves a staff member using a racial slur with students. We have investigated the incident, and the staff member will not return. Boren explained, as you know, our expectation when it comes to racial slurs has been very clear. Regardless of the context or circumstances, racial slurs are not acceptable in our schools. It is a standard we will continue to hold for professional conduct 
that has been applied consistently and will continue to be applied consistently. People are furious. A change.org petition has been launched to get Anderson reinstated. The teachers union has issued an appeal on behalf of that father of three and students from Madison West are planning a walkout in support of Anderson on Friday. Normally I would not be in support of any of that walking out stuff, but I think this is the time to do it. This is when it works, right. Uh, The school district initially defended their decision, citing their zero tolerance policy against using such language under any circumstances. But as the public outrage is mounted over the situation, School Board President Gloria Reyes issued a statement Thursday saying, as a board, we plan to review our approach, the underlying policies, and examine them with racial equity lens, understanding that universal policies can often deepen inequities. Anderson says he wants to get back to doing the job he loves. I believe God created me. He walked me. Uh, he called me to work with kids. He told WKOW-TV, I thank God for the opportunity to work with so many great people and work in such a great community. Thank you guys for trusting us with your kids. Now, let me see if I can make this. Uh, the decline of moral and ethical integrity, uh, I think, can take along with it the uh, decline of common sense. Because the decline of moral and ethical integrity has been replaced by rules and regulations. It's been replaced by uh, no tolerance policies. It's been placed by... And so rather than a a, a school principal hearing this story and saying, oh, man, I I think you got jobs here. We're not firing you. Uh, You you were just telling these kids what not to say. That gets thrown out the window. The common sense part of this is gone. Why, Why are you firing this guy? And did we get any... I tried to find out. What happened to the student? I asked the same question when I read the story. Well, this I went weekend. looking this morning and I, I can't find anything. Yep. They're not saying. The, the kid needs to be expelled. Call Madison West High School. Because he was violent. Well, they, uh, last week, uh, we, I, I don't know if you remember, I had this we story. We did this the, on Thursday. The school said they would be releasing no information about the student. Yeah, don't even call them, Rook. Because of privacy. You know what you're going to deal with there? The public class, which is created for itself. These these impenetrable walls of... And it's a public school, right? Yep. Well, that alone is wrong. But where's the common sense? Where where is the reasoned soul to to look at this situation and say, I... I, It shouldn't have even... It should never even have come to the news. Right, right. And it shouldn't even have occurred to whoever dismissed him to, to do that. What is it, Madison West High School? Yeah, we're not going to yeah. call. No, I'm just going to see if there's anything I on. I tried. I couldn't find out. Reggie the Regent. That's their mascot. Reggie the Regent? Yeah. The Regent. What is that? Okay, get this one. A Korean War vet who has served in some capacity with local law enforcement for a span of six decades had his firearms confiscated and was relieved of his duties as an elementary school crossing guard last month after a waitress overheard what she perceived to be a threat in a passing conversation at a coffee shop. Stephen Nichols, 84, of Tisbury, Massachusetts, was never charged with the crime and was reinstated to his post at the crosswalk of Tisbury School on Tuesday following public outcry, but his guns are still to be sold. A waitress at Linda Jean's restaurant in Oak Bluffs reported Nichols to authorities after she said she overheard him talking to a friend and believed he was making a threat. Nichols told the Martha's Vineyard Times that he made no threats whatsoever and that his conversation was taken out of context. The great-grandfather told the Times, I would never, ever, ever harm a child. The Times reported that Nichols said he was unimpressed 
with the Tisbury School Resource Officer's alleged trips to Extra Mart to get coffee when children came to school in the morning and told a friend about this and suggested somebody could shoot up that school in that officer's absence, which he described as leaving his post. He's having a buddy in the coffee shop. Right. Said, right. You know, I'm watching our security guy. He goes and get coffee every morning when these guys are coming into school. Somebody's going to shoot the place He's up. He's talking logistics. And the waitress hears this. All right, the waitress hears this. Based on the waitress's report, Tisbury Police Chief Mark Saloyo and another officer pulled Nichols off the job while he was working his shift at the school. He came up to me and told me that what I said was a felony, but he wasn't going to charge me, Mr. Nichols said. The officers then went to Nichols' home and took his firearms as well as his license to carry, which the former Morse Code Specialist had held since 1958. Nichols believed that he had been fired that day, but officials later disputed that and said his position was just under review until their investigation had been completed. Mr. Nichols was reinstated following public outcry, including a change.org petition where organizers pleaded for officials to put the beloved crossing guard back on the job. Regardless, Nichols was never charged with the crime. The police have refused to release their report to the press, and Mr. Nichols maintains that he was never given any documentation relating to the seizure of his guns. Mr. Nichols says he's now happy to be back on the job he took after the passing of his wife two years ago. I just needed to do something to get out of the house, and I love kids, he told the local paper. As for his firearms, Nichols said he never carries a gun outside the house and would like to have his license and his guns back, but the fate of his uh, guns may be sealed. My grandson is the manager of a gun shop in Worcester, Mass., and he's going to be allowed to come down and take the weapons and sell them for me, he said. Where's the common sense? There isn't any common isn't. sense. Number one, that waitress. I, I hope you're happy, hon. Yeah. You're a busy body, Mrs. You Kravitz. Head. And they need to give him back his firearms. I'm not going to get him back. And I don't know well, why. They, why? That's Well, he should, he's got a case. All the way to the Supreme Court. Absolutely. It's unconstitutional. He's got no money. No. He's 84 years old. <laughs> Korean War vet. Jeez, and this is why we repay him. Unbelievable. It's, 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 where is the common sense as it relates to the decline of moral and ethical Completely integrity? Completely gone. Because the decline of moral and ethical integrity has been replaced by uh, dictums. It's been replaced by yeah, yeah. Uh, procedures that take out spontaneous human interaction, that take out spontaneous uh, rulings. Decisions, conclusions, all the variables. Mm-hmm. Each case is different, but there's gray. There's and gray. If, area. And if you're in the public class, you get to hide behind all that BS, and you get to use that rather than step forward. And see, see, here's the problem: you get in the public class and you step forward. Let's say to defend uh, this Korean War vet, then I, I suppose what you're risking is angering the anti-gun crowd. See, right. so rather than an, an, rather than anger the anti-gun crowd, you fall behind uh, uh, the school handbook rule, paragraph three four a, that uh, anyone caught talking about a school shooting is going to be dismissed. No, he's having a f- conversation with his buddy about in a coffee shop, right. and he was concerned that the the guy with a position higher than the crossing guard wasn't doing his job. And I think he was making a good point. Wasn't doing his job. That's amazing. Uh, I just, he'll get everything back except except his guns. Yes? I just called the school uh, yeah. and through a series of about this seven. This is Madison West High School? Madison West High School, yeah. sorry. And, and through a series of about five different avenues sure. to finally get to somebody, I asked the question about the student, to which the response was, 
No comment. Isn't that something? Isn't that something? <laughs> Public school. <laughs> Public school. God. He's probably back there today. Has socialism already taken over? Oh, it's made some inroads. Under the, <laughs> under the cover of night? It's made some inroads. <laughs> it seems like we're there already mm-hmm. in all of these cases. Don't worry. Discussing. President Bernie will get her going. We've lost our freedom. We don't even know what freedom is anymore. Bernie would willfully oh. destroy this country. Willfully. His programs would cost hundreds of trillions of dollars that don't exist. And I never hear anybody talking about the debt or the deficit. Uh, well, Joe, we got to worry about climate change. I'm not worried it's about the it. It's the crisis. I think, it, I think the, the climate is just fine. The climate is just fine. The climate's always changed, always will. Is it because you're not woke? Are you not I'm woke? not woke. He's a great denier. Great denier. You no. can't bring me down like this every day. No, I'm not a denier. I don't deny that the climate changes. It always has. And always will. Always will. This has been one depressing story after another today. Oh, I'm not done. <laughs> Wait, you know what? I may have an update here for you. Oh. <clears throat> Stephen Nichols reinstated as crossing guard. We, we got that. We knew that. What about oh, we his did? weapons? Yeah. Oh. He getting his guns back. Did I miss that? Sounds like it's a, lo- a lovely little place out in Martha's Vineyard. It does. Yeah, the pictures look that way, too. Yeah, he didn't get his guns back. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Whatever yeah. happened to the day where the waitress would hear something and go, wait, what did I just hear? Right. And engage them and stand there and call him hun and put her hand on his shoulder and have a discussion and figure out that the old the old coot was right. Cross uh, the uh, security guy always leaving to get coffee is it's a bad deal. It's a bad. Uh, well, bad what person. happened? What's happened to this country, Such? Oh, this used to be one hell of a country. Well, we rocked hard for many years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now you can buy three thousand dollar Jesus shoes. <laughs> How about this? Huh? Three thousand dollar Jesus shoes. Are you going to get some for the staff? Are, for, they, uh, are they sandals? And they're Nike Air Max. They're three grand, <laughs> and they got holy water in the sole. What? Uh huh. And got Bible verses all over them, and three uh, K, huh? I, I guess they're three K. Wow! Uh, I don't know why. Uh, Rookie uh, here for Jesus who, shoes. Why yeah. would they do this? I, I don't <laughs> who understand. Would buy these? What I have is no there, idea. What is, they're already sold out. Here, right there, the second one in here. Come they on. are they are already sold out. You can buy Jesus shoes. They have a crucifix on the top where the shoelace is. I want the names. Is of this everybody. an end of the world or a ray of hope? No, oh, this is the end of the world. The end of the world. Yeah. Really struggling with that. Nineteen hundred dollars. They're listed at. They retail at fourteen hundred, and uh, they're going for over three thousand dollars. What's Inri? Is it Inri on the crucifix? I N R I. Yeah. yeah, that was the inscription. All right. Sense. I want the names and addresses of everybody that bought a pair of those. There yeah. you go. Right <laughs> so, here. We're gonna have a conversation. So there's holy water in the blue silicone. In the, in the soul. In the soul. Isn't that funny? Holy water in the soul. Oh. Uh-huh. And then I-N-R-I so in the back. walking yep. on water. That's walking correct. Walking on water. Yep. Yep. All right. Now, I was, I've been guilty of not paying close attention once in a while. I know you Especially have. Uh, as it related to Sunday school. Yeah. I always thought holy water was not supposed to ever be near the ground. I don't think they ever wanted it in shoes. No, my mom used to throw it around the house. Okay, but for but tornadoes, that was, uh, just, but to bless the, the home. Yeah, that was preventive. You get drenched. Yeah, yeah, that was preventive. But not uh, when you're walking on Satan a sidewalk down yes. Fifth Street. Yeah. <laughs> right. Your mom, if she had enough of it, would make you kids bathe in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she always had a hell of a supply. I don't know where it came from. Storm coming. Everybody's going to get wet. <laughs> well, I'm not, I'm not in for $1,500 Jesus shoes. We're coming back with John Height.
wears many hats, just not indoors. What do you got, Johnny? Well, I, I do have news, but before I do that, I want to uh, update folks on the Jesus shoes. Yeah. Apparently, the, Nike has nothing to do with it. Okay. A company called MSCHF, which uh, I think is supposed to mean mischief, MSCHF, okay. uh, bought two dozen pair of uh, Nike 97s, I don't know what those are, and they injected the holy water into the uh, bottom of the shoe. So it's a scam. And then, quote, dropped them. They drop a new shoe every Tuesday, or the second and fourth Tuesday of every month, it looks like. And this month, that was the shoe. I see. And they, the 24 pairs sold out immediately. John, do any of their so, shoes come with steel toes? That, I, I don't know, Kenny. I, I can't answer your question. <laughs> Jesus shoes with steel toes. <laughs> that's, that's, the only thing, the that's the only thing I'm interested in purchasing is steel toes. <laughs> Uh, in news, the man arrested on suspicion of shooting a man at a funeral on the Fond du Lac Reservation on Friday has now been charged with first and second degree felony assault. On Friday morning, 28-year-old Shelby Boswell, whose address is listed in Hugo, entered the Fond du Lac Head Start Building's gymnasium where a funeral ceremony was about to start. Boswell approached his sister's boyfriend from behind and fired a rifle the back of his head, according to charges uh, filed in Carleton County Court Monday. The boyfriend, 45-year-old Broderick Robinson of Minneapolis, remained conscious and turned around to see Boswell pointing the rifle at him. Family members and others attending the funeral moved to block Boswell from firing at Robinson again and disarmed him, according to the charges. They took the rifle out of the gym to an empty locker room nearby. Robinson taken to a Duluth hospital for non-critical injuries and released... How could that be non-critical? He got shot in the back of the head. Yeah, he must not have uh, hit... uh, you know, must have grazed him or something. It was a flesh wound. I guess. Yeah, yeah he was released Friday night. So uh, interim police chief Derek Randall said the funeral was for Boswell's grandmother. Boswell ran from the gym but was detained by police officers in the parking lot. He was also charged with felonies for possession of heroin and meth, which officers found on him when he was arrested. Because Boswell has been convicted of three felony assaults dating back to 2010, he received an additional felony charge for having the rifle Minnesota law bans anyone convicted of a violent crime from possessing a firearm. Democratic Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers is calling the Republican-controlled legislature into a special session to take up a pair of gun control measures that GOP leaders haven't been willing to debate. The move Evers announced Monday does not force Republicans to debate or vote on the bills, but it gives Democrats another means to spotlight the issues. Evers wants the legislature to take up a bill creating universal background checks for most handgun purchases. He's also calling on them to vote on a red flag bill that would give judges the power to take weapons away from people deemed to be a threat to themselves or others. Wait, this is in Wisconsin? Correct, yes. Don't they already do background checks for handgun purchases? That I do not know. They do here. Jeez. Whatever. (laughs) President Trump on Monday. You know what? I need a suppressor for my AR. I've been thinking all weekend long. Go to thinking, I, <laughs> Good job, Joe. Doing some coyote hunting over the weekend. I need a suppressor for this thing. Yeah, what was that thing you posted on Twitter? We're going to talk the... about that in news from the Krabby Coffee oh, Shop. Okay. Yeah, those, those stupid enough. dogs wouldn't shut up all weekend. Yeah. Dogs or coyotes? Same thing. Oh, I made the mistake of opening that while we were all watching television, and I'm like, what in the hell is that? If you don't know what we're talking about, we'll address it on tomorrow's Garage Logic podcast in the news from the Krabby Coffee Shop oh, segment. Good. President Trump Monday morning dismissing criticism that his since reversed plan to host the Group of Seven Summit at his Doral property would have led to ethics violations. 
Trump said during a cabinet meeting at the White House, quote, I don't think you people with this phony emoluments clause, and by the way, I would say it's cost me anywhere from 2 to $5 billion to be president. I love, I love how he calls it you people. That's my favorite you sending a bill. You people. The emoluments clause prohibits elected federal officials from getting gifts or contributions from foreign governments. And Trump has repeatedly claimed the presidency has cost him billions of dollars. He offered a lengthy defense Monday morning of using the resort near Miami to host next year's G7 summit and lashed out amid questions about the backlash to the original decision. That original announcement drew swift backlash. Critics called it a blatant effort to enrich the president's family business. Republicans had also expressed unease with the decision, viewing it as difficult to defend during an impeachment inquiry targeting President Trump. You know what is amazing about him? He has remarkable energy levels, doesn't he? Yeah, he's he can do back to back public events, and, and he just—and it's got to be exhausting to be him, to be constantly attacking people. I wonder. Slight him. I wonder that you know when each president, whether it's four or eight years, they've got the before and after. Yeah. I wonder what his before and after is going to look. He's going like. to get oh, younger looking. He's going to look better. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and he'll tell us all about it. Yeah. So but what I don't get is why doesn't he use? Uh, if I were Prez, I'd be at Camp David every other day. Yeah, it's nothing but privacy. I don't think he I'd be likes walking it. around in my underpants, yeah. hey, shooting Prez. coyotes. <laughs> yeah, he, he remember when he first went to Camp David, he had some bad things he to it. say about. Yeah, he it. doesn't like <laughs> he it. Didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Too private. Yeah. Not People enough cold. Not enough gold. (laughs) Rook, uh, just to rewind a bit and in an effort to really, really get under the skin of both Kenny and the mayor, um, what was the family gathered around the television and watching while you oh, were uh, discovering oh, Kenny's God. video? Yeah, that is so uh, wrong. No, no, this was actually a a good one. It's It's called Shit's Creek. And it is S C H I T, right? Yes. Two T's. Eugene Levy. It's the second city television, Chris Elliott. It's unbelievably funny, and I can't believe I've missed out on five years of this. Rook, you were visibly upset when I told you that my wife and I watched the Trump speech together apart. Yes. She was upstairs is, watching her TV. Well, that's the only way to do it. And I was downstairs watching my TV. What do you think of that one, hon? And then we text each other yeah, about yeah, what is. Trump is talking I'm a, about. I'm appalled that by that. That is how a proper family works. That's how we do it. I understand why you would do it that way, yeah. because you two wouldn't be able to sit in the You're same room together, Joe. Yeah. But, I mean, I uh, it was that was a good talking point. No, full, uh, full disclosure, at my house, I told them my wife about that, and my wife was Horrified. Really? That they would watch the no, same but that's not even Kenny's best one. Room. When you guys go to the farm. Uh, oh, well, a lot, most times I, I don't even tell her when I'm going. Or, yeah. You, just you know, take off. And you guys know I'll just randomly take the rest of the oh, week yeah. off. And yeah. there's been times when around 7 or 8 o'clock my phone rings and she'll say, uh, are, are you at the farm? Where uh, are you? What, what, what's going oh on? <laughs> no. That's the way to do it. They drive separate. <laughs> oh, oh, and that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> a few weeks ago, the three of us were up there, me, my wife, and my son, and we were up there in three separate vehicles. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Carbon footprint. This is how American this is how American families should be. A weird, weird oh. story. A cadet reported missing Friday along with his rifle from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point is sparking a massive effort to locate him on Monday morning. The cadet, identified only as a member of the class of 2021, was last seen Friday around 5.30 in the afternoon on the grounds at West Point. His M4 rifle was also reported missing, but officials do not think the cadet has any magazines or ammunition in his possession. 
Military said there's no indication he poses a threat to the public, but he may be a danger to himself. The cadet was scheduled to take part in a military skills competition over the weekend, but never showed up. The search continued throughout the day yesterday and expanded to include officials from the New York State Police and the Orange County Sheriff's Department. Anyone with information is asked to contact the West Point Military Police. And his, his firearm is missing, too? Does it say M- what, what it is? M4. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this sounds like the beginning of a Stephen Hunter That's book. That's a big league uh, weapon. Oh. Yeah, but it sounds like right, a, right. the start of a good book. Along a bustling four-lane highway that winds through the North Georgia mountains, an unassuming wooden structure breaks the monotony of churches, billboards, and stores that sell knickknacks. Once a bring-your-own-beer supper club, it's now ground zero in the search for the legendary beast. It's the Bigfoot Sasquatch Museum. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Bring-your-own-beer supper club. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's cool. Yeah. Sherry Gaskin of Via Rica, Georgia, who was driving by one afternoon, said, I can remember my great-grandmother talking about having a cabin in the woods, and she told me she saw a Sasquatch. So I've always been curious. Her husband, Philip, let out a skeptical chuckle and said, if it was up to me, I'd already be on down the road way past here. Yeah. <laughs> way past well, here. They should invest in separate cars. Yeah. The owner of all this at the southern edge of Appalachians is David Makara, a longtime member of the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization. David served in the Navy, drove long-haul trucks, tended bar before opening the museum in early 2016 with his wife, Melinda. He's looking to provide both entertainment and enlightenment in an area known for apple orchards and blazing fall colors. 57-year-old Bakara said, I wanted to take what I know about Bigfoot as an active researcher and investigator, but I'm also a huge Disney World fan. I was thinking maybe I can just make this whole thing into a family attraction. The attraction not far from the Tennessee state line has an elaborate display of Bigfoot laying siege to a remote cabin with a hatchet-wielding mannequin desperately trying to bar the door as two hairy paws burst over the top. Color-coded maps document hundreds of alleged sightings. A towering reproduction depicts a hairy eight-foot beast. And the famed 1967 video of the alleged Sasquatch sighting plays on a loop. Along that's, a, the, that's the one that's blurry? Yeah, that's yeah. the one that's blurry. I'd stop there. I think Bigfoot is blurry. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the photographer's fault. Nope. Bigfoot is blurry. <laughs> and that's extra scary to me. <laughs> it was a large, out-of-focus monster. <laughs> Roaming the countryside. <laughs> Run, it's fuzzy. Get out of here. <laughs> Gotta go. God, how funny is that? Run, he's fuzzy. Uh, <laughs> there are video accounts of folks who said they've encountered Bigfoot, including a hunter who says he saw one. He said, quote, reason I didn't shoot it, it was just too human. I couldn't pull the trigger because something told me this ain't right. There's even a glass case claiming to hold feces collected from a Sasquatch in Oregon. <laughs> Oh, that reminds me of a story. This thing was ten foot tall. <laughs> there he is. There he is. He had beautiful hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had beautiful, beautiful hair. hair. What a what a adjective. A man named Tupac. Stop. Yeah. So when I drive around the country, I like to pick up little knickknacks and stuff. You know, like a piece of charred wood from Yellowstone or a rock from a certain spot. You know, oh. and they they go home and they go on the shelf yeah. above the. Door and garage, and I noticed the other day I have something up there that I probably never told you about. I have uh, basically a really hard, and it's uh, probably two years old now, chunk about the size of a football of grizzly bear 
poop. Oh, really? On oh. my shelf. It's fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, Why? Just for conversation? That's, well, I was just enjoying the Yellowstone River, and I looked down, and there's this enormous chunk of poop, and it's already set up really nice. So, so you're thinking, that needs to be up. in my house. So yeah. I, I picked it up with my bare hands, of course, and of course. I put it in the box of my truck, and I forgot about it until we got home, and there's this g- giant football-sized chunk of grizzly bear. We like to call it scat. Scat. Right. Scat, scat. Yeah. sure. Right. And that made its way right up onto my shelf. I think that's right interesting. There. I think that's fantastic. John's you should give it up for Christmas. John's friends. giving me a look like you should be in prison. I've, I've never heard anybody describe poop and say, it already set up. It was already set. Yeah, it was cured. <laughs> a man named Tupac A. Shakur, who despite the name is not to be confused with the long dead rap legend, was arrested this weekend after allegedly threatening police with a knife. Johnson City police officers responded to a call Saturday about the 40-year-old Shakur who had active warrants for his arrest from another department. When they got there, they saw him leaving in a car. They tracked the vehicle, tried to arrest him, but he twisted away and reached for his waistband. He allegedly turned toward officers with a knife in his hand before cops were able to wrestle him to the ground. After a brief struggle, officers took Shakur into custody. Police said they also found a syringe and multiple baggies of methamphetamine. He was charged with aggravated assault, resisting arrest, simple possession of meth, unlawful drug paraphernalia. Uh, he shares the same name and even middle initial as the late rapper who was gunned down in Las Vegas, September 13, 1996, at the age of 25. Now, the police news release repeatedly describes the man as Tupac Shakur. Now, he's 40, so it's unclear if he legally changed his name at some point to that or what would be a remarkable coincidence if he was given that name at birth. He is a white guy, by the way. I think so it's I'm, unlikely he was given that name. I think, I'm guessing that right. he probably changed yeah. his name. Can you say Hail the Flashlight King? Hail you! Do you remember the guy who used the J word at Grunhofer's? The J word oh, meaning yes. Yes. Johnsonville? Oh, boy. Well, I am that guy. This evening, my parents and I had the brats that I'd gotten a couple of weeks ago when I made my first trek to Grunhofer's with my college buddy, John. I'm pleased to say that my parents and I enjoyed the maple brats I'd gotten. Here's hoping that I can get back to Grunhofer's sometime soon, and I promise not to use the J word. He's talking about his visit to Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo. It's on the north end of Hugo, right on Highway 61. You can't miss it because you see the big red flashing GL sign out front. You can get a rookie burger there. You can get slider patties. You can get, uh, well, you can get chicken brats. You can get jerky. You can get everything you want. It's a meat bazaar. It's a meat capital. You can get chuck roast. You can get chuck roast. If you have not had their chicken strips, everybody goes to the beef strips. These chicken strips uh, flavored are phenomenal. So expand your horizons. And 130 different brat flavors. These are pork brats. They must be grilled, not boiled. And uh, you'll hear GLers talking among themselves in the store. Uh, GLers are often recognized by uh, what they say and uh, signing the sheet that they listen to the show. And yep. Spencer keeps those. He's starting to uh, put them in plastic <laughs> sleeves now. He's so impressed. Them, yeah. He's laminating them. This is all uh, because it's the best meat market in the region, if not the entire country. Don't forget the double-smoked ham and bacon cut any Mm. way you want. Yeah. And all kinds of cooking tips if you need them. Who orders it thin, by the way? Who orders the bacon thin? I don't know. I wouldn't do that. There has to be a reason if you're cooking something special to have it thin. Grunhofer's on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. I need to make a trip up there because that jerky, I think about it every day. Yeah. I got to go up and do it. I got to try it. Maybe this week. I won't tell you guys if I go, okay? Sounds good. Keep with the theme. (laughs) From Florida. Uh, Did you know it's illegal to drive a Segway while intoxicated? 
Well, Andy Seegers of Polk County found out the hard way that driving drunk while on a Segway could land you in jail. Mm. Not only did the 48-year-old Seegers drunkenly ride the Segway, but he did so right outside the Sheriff's Office substation on Dunson Road, according to a Polk County Sheriff's Office Facebook post. Sheriff's Office Lieutenant said he looked out the window and saw Seegers unsteadily riding the Segway in the middle lanes, swerving and impeding traffic. So is it because he was on the road or because he was on the Segway? I think he, he I think it, because he's because on, the he's on the road okay. driving well, a Segway. Well, my question is because there's people that are on those Lime scooters all the time that are hammered. Oh, I bet. Downtown all I, the time. I, I still s- see kids on those, eight years old. I don't get it. I don't either. Wow. And you're right. I was listening to one of the podcasts. Oh, it was last Thursday's podcast I was listening to. I'm surprised we haven't had any death or Me serious too. injuries. Me too. You brought that up. Well, the only thing that's come up so far is a suit filed by an autistic fellow who finds these to be troublesome. Yeah. And I didn't think that would be the first lawsuit. I thought a death would be the first lawsuit. Yeah. Lieutenant said uh, this fella, uh, he uh, slurred his speech, spelled of al- smelled of alcohol, and had watery eyes. He told police he had just drunk two bottles of wine before he jumped on the Segway. A man is being forced to pay child support even after a DNA test proved he's not the actual father. Joseph Sanawa from Florida is fighting the state when he was told he had to continue his pay maintenance to his ex. Speaking to WTLV-TV, he said he signed the birth certificate originally because he genuinely thought he was the father. He also made it very clear mom doesn't want him to have to pay but is being forced to by the state. Speaking from his St. Augustine home, he said she told the judge she just wants this to be done and over with, and so do I. Judge wouldn't allow it. Man found out the news he wasn't the real dad when a DNA test was done by a court in the county during a custody issue. But although the judge ordered the child support to end, the Florida Department of Revenue appealed the decision on the basis that, according to it, it hadn't properly tried to disestablish paternity. He said at the time... It had been taking 83 bucks out of my paycheck, more than a third of my pay. Jeez. Must work Jeez. on a, what? Must work a, on a f- podcast. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a... He's <laughs> <laughs> got his own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is on par with all I gots is them beers. Oh. He says when he was the father, or thought he was the father of the kid, yeah. no problem. He was nope. happy to pay he was it. ready to spend that But now bucks. he knows he's not the dad. He says... I want that 80 bucks back. So, so that's if, stuck if he right doesn't now. want to pay it and the wife doesn't want it, why don't they just stop? Is the uh, state involved the, in monitoring the Because account? the Florida Department of Revenue appealed the decision, yeah. And I said would like to liquidate my assets. So you, you're right? I'm going to need all that. You have, you have $14. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get at least one big bill? Yeah. I need all that. Yeah. <laughs> why not write mom a check and then she oh. just tears it up? Good idea, Kenny. There you go. And then just if they ask, say, yeah, he paid me. Right? Yeah, we solved yeah. it for him. That's yeah, fantastic. Mom and dad don't want to. No, so that's let's, good. That's let's good. Just She's going to be good with all that 83 bucks. Dave, don't forget that watch event at Molnar's. It yeah. starts Thursday and then it revolves around the three that. stores. It's fantastic. Best watch selection. It's the 10th, 10th annual Molnar watch uh, show, and these are the best watches available. Yeah, make one of 10. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh. All right, thank you, GLers. Yeah, we can wrap it up on a rainy Monday. Don't forget to get to Fratelloni's. Uh, get your I mums. To, get your I mums. went to Fratelloni's, but I went for, um, I'm putting the uh, the rat go. traps or the mice traps out in yeah. the garage. 
because it's time for those critters to come in. So uh, put your traps out, the little glue traps out in the garage. You're going to trap that little dog ears, aren't you? Uh, Finley? <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about Finley tomorrow and what happened to Finley. MNST got something going at Jack's? Uh, that's next Monday. Next Thank you. October 28th. That will be at 3 o'clock. Doors open at 2.30, but you do need to register. Fire off an email to Reavers, C-Reavers, R-E-U-V-E-R-S, at garagelogic.com, and that way we'll know how many and who's coming. Don't forget, garagelogic.com is your home base for everything Garage Logic Podcast. See you. <laughs>